Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel along with Elder John Tromley. And this is a very special episode and I'll tell you in a little bit why it's so. But we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 through 48. So, John. Hello. Good to see you, brother. <laughs> Hello. It's been it's a while. Good to see you. Um, actually, there's several reasons why this is a special event, special mm. recording. Um, we have a, an additional host, yes. co-host with us. Can you introduce us to, to our additional co-host? So, you will eventually hear, it's almost guaranteed, um, uh, her name is Esther. That's our dog here, because we are not in our normal studio, quote-unquote. <laughs> we, are, we are at my house and yes. uh, so it is just inevitable that Esther will bark in the background. That's right. She's an opinionated uh, host, <laughs> and she when she has an opinion, she will express it. Yes, yes so there's it, a child like, in a five-block radius. We will know about it. That's right. She'll she'll warn us of the <laughs> yeah. danger. You can hear her clicking right now. Yep. And uh, for me, it's special because uh, you had surgery. Yes, I had uh, uh, rotator cuff surgery. And everything went well, but I am one-armed right now. <laughs> praise the Lord. So no, can... not for the one-armed part, but right. praise the Lord that, that this surgery has, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so. has uh, gone well. Mm-hmm. You have this contraption in your arm that I thought, you know, is like a missile launcher looking yes. thing. It looks cool, actually. It's a nice um, place to put a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pizza, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, praise the Lord. The church was praying. Uh, Thank you. I texted Jamie a couple of days after the surgery, and she said everything was going well. Yes. Um, yeah, and going uh, you're managing well. pain very well, too. It's not too bad. You know, I really I am shocked by that. Uh, just a couple of Tylenol a day now, and uh, everything's going pretty well. It's not so bad. You are redeeming masculinity because men do not do good with pain. Yeah, that's what I hear, but not not too bad. <laughs> good, brother. You're, you're, you're setting the, the record straight. Men can handle pain. Yes, the only pain I have is cabin fever. That's about it. So, <laughs> Well, the, the weather's getting nicer, too, so hopefully you'll be able to. It's not helping because <laughs> I can't leave. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, We'll see if we can next time record in the car and we drive around. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to be doing. Oh, there, there you go, go. Co host. There's a child somewhere. Um, so we have some verses that Jesus is going to be talking that are heavy duty. Mm-hmm. You know, and some, some of the things that we've been emphasizing in the past, I think, is well worth repeating. Jesus here is not invalidating the Old Testament. No, not at all. The expression, you, you have been told of old, and he quotes. From the Old Testament, but I tell you, he's not saying. Listen, you got, you need to discard that. <clears throat> the, the emphasis really is, you were told a very simple instruction, but you got it wrong. Mm. You missed it. I'm gonna have to expand. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna become a magnifying glass so that you can actually see what I meant when I said what I said back then. And there's a sticky one that I wrestled with personally for a long time. John, are you familiar with Mahatma Gandhi? Yes, um, he he has uh, the respect of many people, including myself. He did a very noble thing in India, uh, a powerful thing, you know, nonviolence and uh, set India free from uh, British colonization. Um, and he learned from different leaders, and one of the leaders he claims to have learned things is from Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I don't fault him for saying what he said. You know, he's quoted as saying, "If the whole world." You know, practiced eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, the part of eye for an eye, 
everybody would be blind eventually. Mm. And so everybody thought, what an insight, what an insightful thing to say. And many Christians have, you know, swallowed that up, uh, you know, sinker, what is that, fishing, a rod? Fishing. Go ahead. When someone believes a lie and they, they believe the whole thing. They, oh, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, well, okay. hook, line, and sinker. Sorry. My we'll get there. I sh- maybe I should give this a little bit of a background. I, I dropped off my girls at the airport this morning at 3 o'clock. And so we went to bed at around midnight. So my brain is also, you know, misfiring with a couple of pistons. The RPMs are we'll, a little low. We'll do what we can. <laughs> but thank you for stepping in and, and uh, right. helping me understand. Remind, remind, remind me of the fishing equipment mm-hmm. that symbolizes a lie. Gandhi, all he knew is you know the the Church of England, the Christianity that has been flavored by that misconception that in the Old Testament God behaved and said things differently. You know, kind of angry, very law, you know, dry, kind of like a military dad, you know, that's very strict, very rigid versus. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, you have Jesus who now wants you to love your enemies. Well, when Jesus says an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth in verse 38, he's quoting the Old Testament mm-hmm. and he's actually quoting himself. Mm-hmm. He, he is quoting the instructions he gave to Moses. And I've wrestled with this for a long time because it does sound bad. It sounds almost contradictory to the instructions that Jesus has given us. But the more I began to look at the, the, the rest of the Bible, John, I, I, I shared this with you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a hint as to what we call justice, but it is not. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, you have a little poem there that this um, gentleman named Lamech, a descendant of Cain, wrote. Um, Cain when he after he killed his brother Abel and God said you're going to be you know a, a vagrant you're going to be wandering around and you'll never have a steady stable place um, Cain's you know main concern was someone's going to find me and kill me and God says you know listen if someone call, uh, kills you you will be avenged seven times mm-hmm. um, Lamech tells his wives Ada and Zillah that a young man um, verse um, the first first part of uh, second part of t- verse 23 for I have killed a man for wounding me and mm-hmm. a boy for striking me if Cain is avenged sevenfold then Lamech 77 fold and here's what the, the insight that I got John this is what we call justice revenge for us is justice and this kind of revenge always outdoes what the other person has done to me he repeats twice, someone struck me, someone wounded me. And what did I do to that person? I didn't wound him back. Right. I killed him. Killed him. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like Hollywood, right? That mm-hmm. sounds like most of the movies that someone gets wounded by something and then you know, the whole wrath breaks out. So Jesus put a, a barrier, a boundary. If someone takes out your eye, you can only take out their eye. If someone knocks out a tooth, you can only knock out a tooth. When we have our tooth knocked out, we want to knock out the rest. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it just seems like human nature or whatever it might be. We, we want to one-up what's yeah, happened to yeah. us. It's cruel. Mm-hmm. It's cruel. And so justice for us is a foreign thing. We, don't, we can't be you know, even. It's always I have to have done outdone what you did to me. And so when, when Jesus um, gave that instruction of an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, he was actually 
putting mercy and restraint and limitation as to what you were allowed to do, um, Lamech, he would have been rebuked and judged by Moses' law that God gave him as a transgressor of the law because God would have said, Lamech, someone just wounded you. You have no right in taking their life. But Lamech was so blinded, he was like, listen, if someone hurts me, I'm going to hurt. Like if Cain was avenged seven times, I'm going to avenge myself 77 right. times. So you see that, you know, increase in desire to harm people. And I would also put in there, you know, as the, again, as the Jewish people, where they, they, they thought of themselves as the special people of God, mm-hmm. that put them in the, the seat of we're right too you know we everything that we think is correct so we have the the right to really uh give this this verdict this judgment and one of the reasons that they rejected jesus Mm -hmm. is because he was not speaking like lamech Mm. babylon you know we've been under control of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and now Rome. And Rome's really oppressing us, and Rome pushes the envelope. Um, we can't wait for Messiah to get here so that we can avenge ourselves. Right. We want a Messiah that will, if they took out one tooth, tooth we're going to knock out the whole denture. Mm-hmm. You know. So when Jesus comes and begins to expound on the law, what the spirit of the law actually was, they rejected him because he was not speaking the words and the sentiments that Lamech was speaking that wow. we've all inherited. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not a Messiah of revenge. He was a Messiah of redemption. Mm-hmm. I redemption. In Luke chapter 4 when he says, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, set captives free. Uh, and then they respond, um, why, why do you need to set us free? We, we, we've never been free. Right. You know, we're Abraham's seed. And almost they forgot that Rome was like <laughs> right, <laughs> occupying right. their territory and they had to pay taxes mm-hmm. or they would lose all their privileges. So Jesus nails it. You know, you and I, John, have this built-in, baked-in propensity to call revenge justice. Mm-hmm. And we need to guard ourselves because though we may not knock someone's tooth out, we have squabbles sometimes with our families, with our spouses, with our kids, um, and or our kids with each other. Um, but in a relationship, in a marital relationship, in a church relationship, someone sooner or later may stop, a step on one of your toes. Mm-hmm. And what will be my response at that point? We will discover the Lamech principle inside of us. Right. That if someone stepped in one of my toes, I'm gonna step, step in seven of their toes. Um, and so I need to guard myself because Jesus, um, both in the Old Testament, he put that restraint. You can only go as far as that person has gone for you. But within that, God, even the, in the Old Testament, was presenting an even better option. Why don't you forgive? Right. Because you stop that person's toe and you'd be like, hey, you stepped on my toe first. But who guarantees that that person's going to say, okay, we're even now. Right. That person's going to say, that was an accident. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. And then you're stomping on each other's toes all the time. And the cycle continues. Right. The Middle East, right? <laughs> we were talking about that. You know, even, you know, the Middle East, all of these things, you, you see these things on the news that, you know, it started by somebody accidentally stepping on somebody's shoes, yep. right? And now somebody's dead over that because it escalates like you're talking about. Yes. We see these examples over and over and over again. Someone constantly. cuts me off in the road oh, and yeah. then, you know, hand gestures and mm-hmm. verbal expressions. The next thing they're, you know, um, swinging fist, someone pulls out a gun. 
you always go up, you always go up, it escalates. Right. And Jesus is like, listen, first of all, you gotta contain the fire, mm -hmm. you gotta evaluate, and ask yourself, okay, so that person took out my tooth, I have every right to take the other person's tooth, but what will that accomplish? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. once again, ultimately, uh, we've seen this over and over again as we've been going through this, Jesus is getting to the core of the problem, which is this pride that we seem mm -hmm. to be always struggling with. Because um, when we take revenge, what 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 has been bruised? It's it's our, our pride. pride. I mean, and you nailed it, brother. That's an awesome insight. Um, which, whenever you respond to pride, you you know that you're going to be making mistakes, right? Regretful mistakes. So mm -hmm. Jesus wants us to take a different path, and that is what this section is all about. Because he, he continues, right, in verse uh, 40, if anyone wants to sue you, don't sue them back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't get a better lawyer. Uh, in verse uh, 41, whenever forces you to go one mile, go with him two. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. So there's no no room here for revenge, right? Not our kind of revenge. Mm -hmm. And the tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye goes together with this because you know, again, we've talked about this in the past as well. Just it almost seems like Jesus is saying, "Hey, be a doormat. It's okay." <laughs> yeah. But he's he's not saying that no. at all. He's saying, you know, it's the same level: eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Uh, you know, humility, anger controls you. Mm. Humility sets you free. Mm. And so, if a Roman soldier were to <laughs> say to you, "Hey, excuse me, I know you're tired, but I don't care. I need you to carry my my load back to my house and pronto, please." Um, and I'll make you carry for one mile. Mm -hmm. I, if I'm angry, that person controls me beyond just the, the burden that he's putting on me for a whole mile because I'll be fuming for months mm -hmm. for what that Roman soldier, and I'll be stewing and fantasizing about you know chopping some Roman's heads off. But Jesus says, well, anger will control you, and you will never be free, or you can let a humility to let you be free because he asks you for one mile, well, you don't control me. I'm going to actually take it for two. Right. I'm going to go beyond that. Humility allows us to walk in freedom. Pride, which gets wounded, which produces this unrighteous anger, makes us slaves. Mm -hmm. um, there's a passage in the Bible that I think makes total sense in, in its application in helping us not seek our revenge when it says that... Um, it gives give room for the Lord because he will avenge he will revenge he will pay back he will mm -hmm. but not now right now he's trying to save you and the person that said nasty things to you right he's trying to save both of us mm -hmm. but in the end if that person rejects grace hardens their hearts yes God will bring justice upon that person but right now what God is trying to do is save you and save them mm -hmm. so anyways those were I think some good foundational um, clarifications for this highly misunderstood passage I mean and I don't fault like I said earlier Mahatma Gandhi for thinking that this was somehow deficient mm -hmm. it's because of you know who, who is representing Christianity right they're colonizers right mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the Church of England uh, was, was not the best place to get correct theology about who God is but we are Christians we have the Bible and I think now hopefully we've got a better idea that we, we are not allowed to take revenge because I will not do justice I will always do more harm than the harm that I received mm -hmm. so now we can go into the second section that we were going to be discussing, uh, which is very much tied in, right? Absolutely. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Um, share with us some, some thoughts that um, you share with me, John, about this concept of enemies. You know, so right away when I, when I saw it, when I read these, these verses, I, you know, my, my head always instantly goes to, well, is this applicable, applicable to today? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I use this? And, uh, you know, instantly, you know, I think of the, the, uh, the, the condition we're in mm-hmm. as, as human beings right now. We are really driven by anger, it seems mm-hmm. like. Uh, I I personally have always had this issue, but everybody seems to have caught up, you know, <laughs> with me. Uh, uh, you, <clears throat> and I say that, you know, before Christ, and, I'm, you know, believe me, he still works with me. But we're all just so motivated by anger yeah. right now. And so how can you love your neighbor? And, you know, you hear this hate your enemy thing, especially, again, going back to tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye. Um so who, but really think about it. We're all so worked up about whatever it might be. And yet we're angry at people and, and, and groups of people and we're angry, but are they really your enemy? Yeah, we, we have, you know, history, even recent, right? 9-11, the repercussions of 9-11 against um, Muslims mm-hmm. in New York City and other parts of the country. Um once you vilify someone and you, yeah, Esther <laughs> agrees. <laughs> um, once you vilify someone, um, actually, you, you could, we said this earlier, right? There are two things that can unite people, a common vision or a common enemy. Right. And if you can mislabel someone an enemy and then people will be angry. You can twist their ideas or philosophies or behaviors or motives even. You can twist that so you can make other people angry. And once you make people angry, it's easy to control them. You know, it's, it's as I'm saying that, John, I'm, I'm thinking about John in Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Satan was trying to poke at Eve. Mm. Um, when mm. when he, God gave instructions as to what would constitute the majority of the food, the primary sources of food, humans were to eat from fruits, from trees and seeds and nuts, but not from the things that grew in the ground. That was for the animals. Mm-hmm. So Satan says to Eve, has God said you cannot eat from any tree? Are you less than human? Right. Trying to provoke a reaction. And then once the dialogue entails, you know, Satan says, God knows that mm-hmm. in the day you eat of it. So if someone has been holding something back from you. I was to say, and he accuses God of holding something yeah. back. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the emotions, I mean, of course, you have doubt, fear, hurt. Mm-hmm. But whenever something hurts us, there's a high probability we'll respond with anger. Mm-hmm. It's a protective mechanism that we have in ourselves. So I'm, I'm wondering if there was a bit of anger in Eve. How could God not tell us this? How could God have kept this from us? Exactly. Yeah. So once someone provokes you to anger by, by pointing at someone as your enemy, they control you. Right. And so politicians, you know, they learn, they master mm-hmm. this. You know, all of a sudden we have, this is the enemy. And so we're going to focus on that. And... Everybody rallies because, you know, that's the enemy that we need to tackle. But no one stops to say and ask the question that you've asked. Is that the enemy? You know, also, you know, keep in mind the time that Jesus is saying this. This isn't a new thing, by the way. You know, (laughs) Uh, like you've just pointed out, it's been literally since the beginning of time. uh, The Jewish people of the time, they saw everybody else around them as their enemy really it was you were jewish or you were a gentile 
and and they were the enemy, and they they were worse than enemies. I mean, in the Jewish mindset of the time, they were worse. They were lower than dogs. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, there's a lot of you know thoughts for us to process as Christians in this world that we don't fall into the same pits right. um, that the Jewish people did because we're very much prone to do the same thing. Our hearts are identical. Mm-hmm. God, what God tried to do in the Old Testament is create boundaries, just like when with the eye for an eye boundary. He wanted to create boundaries so that the, the Jewish, the Israelite nation wouldn't get affected by the worldview of the surrounding nations. But God emphasized, I, I have raised your father Abraham to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. You are to be a blessing, not a machete. Mm-hmm. You know, you are to be a blessing, not the adversary or the opposer to the 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 idea of a human being being my enemy. You and I have discussed this; is a false one. Actually, in, in Ephesians, Paul tells us that anytime you think that a human being is your enemy, you are being deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, you are actually being told, just like Eve in the Garden of Eden. Um, you are being told this is the enemy when he is not. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle or wrestling is not against flesh and blood. That's humans. Right. We're not fighting against humans. Who are we fighting? Who is our enemy? The rulers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, old, in the four Gospels, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and I may be wrong, but right now, John, I can't think of one <laughs> verse in which Jesus called anyone an enemy except one person, that falling being right. named Lucifer. But everybody else, Jesus would call a you know a son of Abraham, a child of God, a or friend. And let's remember. You know, he could have very well. He had some enemies, did he not? Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, these these human beings that were Pharisees trying to, to take his him. life, um, persecuting mm-hmm. him, trying to. But he never said, "You are my enemies. I hate you." One of his own was going to betray him. And in in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Judas kisses him, his address was, "Friend, right. why have you come?" So for me, it just stood out what you brought that that insight that we don't know who our enemy is, mm-hmm. and just like politicians. Satan knows how to play it with our emotions and he points to our church members or our boss or spouse or whoever and says, that's your enemy right Right. there. Mm -hmm. That person is against you. And once you have that mindset, anything and everything that person does gets tainted with that belief that this person is against me. You know, one of these things that I keep having to, you know, again, that God keeps reiterating to me we, we, and I think I've said this before in this podcast, we put our baggage on other people. Mm-hmm. The biggest, where, where Satan works is, is he's always trying to get us to try to figure out other people's motives. We're always trying to fill <laughs> yeah. in the blanks with our baggage. We, we, if we're really thinking about it, we really cannot do that. Yeah. We, we have no idea what other people are coming from or dealing with, but we've already filled in the blanks with our, with our assumptions, and that's where the enemy really that's is. Right. The enemy isn't that other person. Look, I always find this really funny. Even when we were talking about eye for an eye, Christians, we bank on forgiveness, hmm. right? I mean, that's... The foundation of our beliefs we 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 bank on forgiveness 
And yet sometimes we're, it's so hard for us to be able to forgive others and mm. try to have that same kind saying. of heart. We back on forgiveness. God, forgive me. Yeah, God, forgive me, please. Right. That's that's the foundation of our belief. And yet we're so we're very quick to not do the same. Mm-hmm. We, we don't. Uh, we, we like receiving it, but giving it is a different story. Incredibly um, hard. You know, uh, Jesus, um, he tried to highlight the necessity for introspection to discover that without his revelation, you and I cannot even discern our own motives. Right. And so when Jesus says, why are you looking at the speck at your brother's mm-hmm. eye when there's a plank sticking out of yours? He's not speaking about the obvious. Mm-hmm. He's speaking about that which needs to be revealed to you and I, which is our motives. Right. Jeremiah seventeen nine tells us that the human heart is wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? If you cannot even know your own motives, Satan, I mean, he's the deceiver. He convinces you. You have, you know, prophetic vision. <laughs> you can see behind behaviors and you can judge motives when you can even judge your own. Right. Once you have that belief, you're, you're, you're a sitting duck for believing individuals will be your enemies when the Bible tells you there's only one person you'll be wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a spiritual being that may put thoughts that even, you know, with our behaviors and our, the things that I said, same thing it cause people to only hear part or misunderstand, or misunderstand parts of it. And then people are left with questions. Well, well what did John mean? Or what did you know, this person mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Satan begins to play, you know, filling the blanks. And once once we allow us to, to go that path of pride, that mm-hmm. somehow I know why he did this. It's not what that person did, but why they did it. That's my enemy. Right, exactly. And once we have that, Satan will definitely seek to inject into our thinking in the church. Jesus says, you know, the John 17, that prayer. Father, I pray that they be one as you and I are one. Um, Matthew chapter 18, we'll get that eventually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus speaks about, you know, if, if your brother has something against you, the reason Jesus puts urgency in there is because he knows that the longer you wait to talk and say, I've noticed you looked at me funny. I've noticed that we're not talking like before. Mm-hmm. Have I done something? What's What's happening? This, you can't do that with a prideful heart. A humble heart is the only heart that can do that. And the idea is, of course, reconciliation. But the only way you can reconcile is through understanding. Mm-hmm. I'm not your enemy. I can see why you, you, you heard what you heard when I said. But let me explain to you why I said it. Right. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, it has to be accompanied with much prayer. Because once we become tainted with, um, that's my enemy... There's a high level of suspicion I get that goes against that person. And I've been reading and listening to some leadership material. And suspicion is the cancer of any organization. Mm. And that's that's what this is a straight statement from that, that podcast that I listened to. Suspicion is the cancer of any organization. And suspicion will lead you to make enemy or believe you have enemies when there aren't any. Very true. You know, I've heard it said many times, Satan does work in those gray areas. Mm -hmm. You know, things are, things can be black and white, but Satan really likes to chew up the gray area. (laughs) And and lack of communication. Mm -hmm. You know, our society is, I think, gearing itself up to be suckered into 
be believing they are they understand people's motives simply by looking at the behaviors we are a very disconnected society and is increasing the gadgets that we interact with the lack of human interaction we we, we text people next sitting next to us um, that inability to communicate fully to engage each other with the body language with the face and all those other things creates plenty of fertile ground for misunderstandings mm -hmm. that can lead to suspicion that can eventually make me very vulnerable in saying that person is trying to hurt me that i mean i, I remember working in, in in the secular arena and people thinking that i'm trying to get them fired or people trying to think that i'm better than them and i'm like where did they where did this come from mm -hmm. and it, if it's not that we sit down and we talk and say, well, you said this yesterday and you told someone so-and-so so this yesterday about me. And I'm thinking, when did I ever said those things? I'm sure that this has happened to you, that people have said, John, you said that about me. Oh, yeah. yeah and absolutely. you're like, um, no, mm -hmm. that's not what I said. And even if I would have said something close to that, it would have been because of this and this and this. And when you begin to explain yourself, light bulbs begin to go off in the other person's mind. And that's the sweet spot of Matthew 18. Jesus says, if you win your brother. Mm -hmm. The idea is to win not by forcing that person or you know putting them in a headlock. The idea is opening your heart, mm -hmm. letting that person see why you did what you did, that there was no malicious intent behind that, and praying that the Holy Spirit can open that person's eye to yeah. see that I'm not your enemy. We're, we're not each other enemies. We have an enemy, but it's not each other. You're making me think of, uh, it's in Romans. I can't remember exactly where, but uh, where Jesus, apart from the law, God had to show, look, you know, this law thing wasn't meant to be horrible on you by any means. And he had to show his mercy separate from the law. And I can't think of where that's at exactly. But I think it's the beginning. That's, I want to say in chapter 3. But it's 3 up to my right. <laughs> It's three twenty one, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been benefest has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Um, at this at this point in time, uh, you've heard all these things about me because of my law. Well, now I'll show you who I am. It's a personal relationship. I'll show you who. Wow, I am. that's powerful, and, John. And then that's exactly what you know. He's calling us to do the exact same thing right here. You you. Uh, You've, you've made all these speculations, right? But now, once again, it always goes back to Christianity is asking, in my opinion anyway, this is, this is so important. It has to be grassroots. It has to be one-on-one. -on -one. Our relationship with Christ has to be one-on-one. -on -one. Our relationship with each other, that's, that's how we um, leave a legacy. Mm. You know, We're always waiting for that big thing, but really this is how we create this yes, legacy. It's powerful when you said that. It made me think, you know, God knew that because of our limitations, because of our fall into sin and our sinful nature, God had to little by little reveal himself throughout mm -hmm. the centuries. And he did it, you know, sometimes there was interactions like when he came with Abraham and ate with him to announce the, the birth of Isaac. There were other instances where God made himself manifest, but all that stuff got written down. God knows that when you send an email, hmm. there's very... Like, there's no personality in yeah, that email there's yeah. no phase there's right. no tone of voice mm -hmm. so eventually he came himself we're most we're, we're so we're the most connected we've ever been and yet we've lost every yeah, kind there's, of. No, there's no face <laughs> right i mean you and i have talked about right there's an app that we can do this you from your house and, and me from my house 
but we would not be able to look at each other right. and kind of read each other and mm-hmm. That that would that would I think make a big difference. Plus Esther, right? right. What would she do? <laughs> she gets bored with us if you heard her back there. Um, <laughs> she'd be like, "Man, I don't have an app. I don't have a smartphone. Right. Dogs don't have smartphones." Um, but for me, it's just powerful that Jesus eventually, God eventually said, "I I know what will happen if I just keep things writing. Mm-hmm. They need to hear the tone of my voice. They need to see the expressions on my face, because all of that communicates as well. And communication." good effective communication can dispel suspicions and once suspicions are removed the the misunderstandings decrease and now that person that i was convinced was my enemy no longer is which is the instantaneous effect sin had on the human heart Mm -hmm. adam and eve eat of the fruit they hear god's voice and they're They're hiding Mm -hmm. Uh, why are you hiding Mm -hmm. you know you're my enemy I'm afraid mm-hmm. of you now. Mm-hmm. So um, we talked about this in um, Romans chapter 5, where it says, um, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. While we were enemies, mm-hmm. God never saw us as his enemies. Right. No matter how cruel, no matter how many times we turn our backs God has never treated us as his, as his enemies we treat him as our as our enemies mm-hmm. uh, as, as our enemy but it requires a personal encounter a personal revelation with God and yes we're back to writing but this writing is unique because this writing is God himself speaking yeah, God himself word. acting right. he's no longer acting through prophets uh, he's now acting himself with with revelations i mean jesus says you know if you have seen me you have seen the father mm-hmm. but if jesus had not come who could who could we say oh now i know who god is right. abraham nope i can't do that samson david solomon no human could ever say those words only jesus could say if you have seen me you have seen the father right absolutely you know my uh you just triggered something else this morning in my in my devotional uh talking about about this, I just accidentally <laughs> came across this, talking about the, the real enemy, like you just talked about, Jesus, we were his enemy, and mm-hmm. he came for us. And just just real quick, it's out of a book called uh, Testimonies for the Church, it's volume five, and it says, the most those who are the most erring, the most sinful, they were not passed by by Christ. His labors were especially for those who needed the salvation he came to bring. Mm-hmm. So again, just this, you know, if we again, if we put this title of Christian on, what does that mean that you're a Christian? That means you follow Christ, right? That means you follow Christ's example. So, if so much for he he came to show that that type of forgiveness for the enemy, so to speak, uh, we might get our feelings hurt a little bit, and we want to cast stones, <laughs> and that's not what he's saying at all. No. He's saying, no, you know, pray for your brother, because again, you wanted, you wanted um, forgiveness. Well, that, now, now give that forgiveness. Um, verse forty-five, it says that you may be sons of, uh, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes the sunrise. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, verse forty-four. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Mm. You know, this is, mm. I, I've uh, personally applied this. If there's somebody, and again, we have to get through this uh, 
this muddied up word of love that the world has made. Yeah. And because sometimes, again, we when we're asked to love our enemy, you know, not, I'm not going to feel good about them. You know, I'm not going to have that fluffy love type of feeling that I, you know, that I have for my my wife or my kids or or even that dog over there. Or <laughs> I'm not going to have that feeling, right? Poor Esther. Yep. But he says, pray for them. And, you know, I've applied this in my own personal life. People that I don't particularly care for. Um, and look, we have different personalities. It's okay that we all aren't buddy, buddy, buddy. But what I've learned anyway, if it's impossible, if you can pray for somebody that you feel like have done these things, right? You've filled in the blanks. You've, you've got their motives all down and everything. If you, if you switch that and pray for them. And, and and I've done this, Lord. I don't even know what I'm supposed to pray for, mm. but I have these feelings toward this person. Mm. Um, I don't want them, you know. Mm. Even if you can start there, God will melt away those layers of mm. of things that you had against that person. It re- I, it's impossible. I think anyway, it's impossible to to pray for somebody and hate them. Mm. It, it really is impossible. God will change that in you. So, you know, just a. I just put that out there as a as a like you know an application of this to that. Um, I know this might shock people, but like you already brought it up a little bit, and the New Testament brings it up throughout the <laughs> the New Testament. Even in church, it's not perfect. Yeah. We all don't, uh, sure. you know, we, we we have these things that we, we, we butt heads on. Um, but it's impossible to pray for somebody and still have these angry feelings towards them. It does start to melt away. And it may not be fluffy love that uh, we, we define love as. It may also become that yeah. as well. So Love actually, in a spurious sense, in these situations... It has to has to I think turn down the volume of emotions mm-hmm. because Jesus's greatest demonstration of love was when his emotions actually wanted to go the other way in the mm-hmm. Garden of Gethsemane. Three times he asked God the Father, Father, can you please remove this cup from me? Is there a way? All things are possible to you. Um, but he his love did not depend on those emotions. Right. His love was a choice, a mm-hmm. choice that um, had the interest and happiness and well-being of the other surpassing those of oneself. And that doesn't feel good for us in, in our sinful carnal nature. You know, it, that's part of the crucifying of our selfish nature so that we can experience something better. To be a son of God, a daughter of God, means that I will not take revenge on those that hurt me, but rather that I will choose to love them, I will pray for them, um, I will see to how I can be a blessing for them even if it has to be just simply praying and not retaliating right. the way that they have done for me. Mm-hmm. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do well, not that, even, oh, I'm sorry. I just Those verses, I'm, they just had to sting as he was oh. saying this. The tax collectors yeah. are... Because, you know. that, because Jesus is... Well, yeah, the tax collectors are like, hey. Well, no, I mean, like, the, the Jewish people, who did they hate the most, really? They hated these tax collectors. And yet, he's saying, they, they do the same thing you're doing. Yeah. You know? And, and, and what merit do you have, really? I, th- I think these, the reason he's things is because Jesus is basically saying, none of you love. Mm. None of you know what love is. Right. You only love those people that are nice to you. You only And so, 
you, you Pharisees and your Sadducees and scribes, um, you are no better than the tax collectors you look down on because you do the same thing they do. You're nice to the people that are nice to you. You hang right. out with the people that you, you feel comfortable with. But if anyone steps on your toes right away, you write them off and you put them on the blacklist. I don't do that. Mm. And if you want to be my child, you need to repent and allow me to convert you from that. Amen. You know, it, uh, it is the exact opposite message that we get today. You know, you'll you read these things on on social media. If if somebody makes you feel guilty, just write them off, right? If if uh, if it just doesn't work out, just just you know dispose of them, basically, because you don't need that kind of negativity in your life, right? <laughs> and I mean, th- this is what's preached at us all the time. It's the exact opposite of what Christ is saying. Well, that I think message. Yeah, there may be some toxic people, but then you have to think about it, then Jesus will be the toxic person in your life. Right. Because if there's anyone that's going to point out the, the wrinkles and the, 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 the warts and all that stuff in me, is Jesus. He's the most disruptive person we've oh, ever met. <laughs> right. his, his spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right. He begins with the things that are in us that are broken. And if I'm going to feel uncomfortable with a human being pointing out my wrongs, you and I will feel tremendously uncomfortable because what Jesus points out is stuff that we don't even recognize on our own. Right. So this whole process finishes with this appeal that I misunderstood for many years. Therefore, you are mm. to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I used to think perfect meant, you know, I obey the law. But you can't obey the law by uh, focusing on, well, I don't have no idols. Well, I don't have this. Well, I don't have that. You, you obey the law by focusing on who God is and who are my humans. Once I, I stop thinking of God as my enemy, which happens through conversion, like Paul says, while we were enemies, once I begin to look at God as my loving Heavenly Father, that will become the platform from which I can stop looking at other humans and being convinced they're my enemies mm-hmm. too. Right. That's a person as a Republican, that person is a Democrat, that person is a this, that person is a that. We have so many gazillions of labor labels that you can put on people so you can hate them and think they're your enemies. Right. But Christ does them all the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we just celebrated International Sabbath this past Sabbath at Oakwood. And it was beautiful to see individuals from countries that don't get along mm-hmm. or look down on each other and find that we wrestle with that ourselves, but we are wrestling, mm-hmm. and which is a positive thing that you recognize, man, I don't want to look down on Indian people. I don't want to look down on Nigerian people or Polish people or Canadian people. I want to see them as Jesus sees them. I don't want to be deceived by Satan and say they're the enemy. Right. They're not. So, John, there's a lot that we covered, Mm -hmm. but maybe the person listening to this has been hurt for, for a real thing. Like they have experienced a real hurt by someone. You need to understand that that whoever that person may have caused hurt in your life, God will hold them responsible for that. But who prompted that person? Who prodded that person? Who inspired that person to say things or do things that have hurt you? It's not just that person. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. Mm. But we also have a Savior who has overcome Satan. And he overcame Satan by offering you and I forgiveness at the cross. And that is what allows us to become perfect. Mm -hmm. When you can receive the perfect salvation from God, but now you're willing to extend that perfect salvation to other human beings that will never deserve it. (laughs) And just remember, you didn't deserve it either. 